Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Speaking Your Podcast. Today we have a interview show uh, with Fernando Rodriguez. He's a student at the University of Texas at San Antonio. And uh, we just kind of chat around uh, a lot of his personal philosophies and, and his daily lifestyle. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a nice little convo. So uh, hope you enjoy this first interview episode and hopefully we have more on the way. And uh, yeah. My name is Fernando Rodriguez. Uh, I'm 20 years old, about to turn 21 in September. I go to UTSA in San Antonio. I'm studying finance with a minor in statistics. Uh, I do photography on the side. I work at the recreation center on campus. I'm a graphic designer for them. I teach a Python class. Um, I like to travel. I like to read. I like to write. I like to listen. Uh, the outdoors. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a synopsis of who I am. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, uh, so you're studying. You said finance and statistics, right? Um, what what jobs are you like interested in? Yeah, um, I'm going for a lot of um, financial analyst positions right now, especially within the big banks, the big bulge bracket banks. Um, I did apply to a wealth management analyst position at a uh, JP Morgan for next summer, so hopefully that goes through. Um, eventually I want to get into private equity. I think that's where I want to land and that's a good work life balance I've heard. And it's a lot less stress than a, an analyst for sure. Yeah, for sure. Dude, I've heard a whole bunch, uh, about just life, uh, of like an analyst or an accountant in general. It's just rough. Those, those work hours are insane. Um, yeah. So like the accountants say busy season never ends. Yeah, for real. Uh, well, that's awesome. Uh, just in case, you, well, no, I'm almost positive you don't know this, but uh, I am studying computer science, uh, but I am like more specific to data science. That's kind of the role that I, uh, you know, fit into. Um, I do things like artificial intelligence, and and I also use like a lot of statistics to do data modeling. And uh, I'm trying to get into fintech, uh, but I've uh-huh. never, I've never. Uh, had too much of an interest of it. Uh, I, a lot of my friends are like in the finance industry, so they sort of like yeah. influenced me to, to apply for a quant role, a couple of quant roles for this upcoming summer. And, yeah, for sure. So so we'll see, man. But uh, here, I'll tell you that uh, finance is a different breed from tech, man, especially even in the workplace, like where uh, you guys are just constantly working and like have these crazy hours and it's pretty cutthroat. Yeah. No, I totally feel that, especially with these like tech startups that are like, super chill in California and, and here in Texas and Austin. So um, yeah. props to you for even wanting to go into that sector. Um, but that's Thanks, awesome man. to hear that you're also doing um, like an intro to programming. Uh, you said you're with the Investment Society, UTSA? So at the Investment Society, um, they give us the unique opportunity to not only analyze stocks, but also pitch them to a real portfolio. And so the Investment Society as a whole has an account in Costa Rica and the stocks that we pitch to that account, they decide to um, manage within the fund. And that fund is used to um, support small businesses in Costa Rica. And they give out microloans to people in need. And as an analyst, uh, I did the REIT sector, uh, real estate investment trusts. As an analyst for the REIT sector, we got to look at a bunch of securities, see what was good, see what was bad. Because of the pandemic, though, we weren't able to pitch but 
we did see a lot of interesting things within the real estate sector pre-pandemic. That's awesome. That's that's a really that's a really awesome opportunity, actually. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. And so, um, did you? I mean, obviously, you've had previous programming experience. Do you think that uh, you've? Uh, are you trying to apply that in the finance industry, or what do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, I looked at fintech too. Um, I didn't get too deep into it, but that's why I wanted to start Python programming, just because it seemed interesting. It seemed less difficult than starting at like Java or C++. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of application just in general. For sure. uh, one of my projects over the, the break, over the vacation, was to make a Warzone landing randomizer. <laughs> that's me, man. Yeah, just for my free time, you know, yeah. just to keep me busy and kind of immerse myself in small projects that really don't matter but are kind of fun. Yeah, I, I always talk about like, uh, especially getting into programming, when, when you want to try and like improve your skills, uh, doing like a personal project is like one of the best things that you can do, especially on something that you're actually interested in and like want to be passionate about because like makes everything easier when you actually know like the things that go around it. Um, yeah, absolutely. And uh, so how's that statistics minor going? It's going good. Uh, I finished all my basic statistic courses. And so now this semester, I'm actually going to be doing some data mining and SAS as a class. Nice. Um, I'm pretty excited for that. I've never used SAS, but it's pretty prominent within the stats world. Yeah. Uh, it's It's modeling, basically. It's just looking for the data, modeling, and then reporting it. So, I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I wanted to join the stats club at UTSA too, but of course, pandemic, unfortunate. We didn't have our semester. Yeah, I'm sure that's. I, I know you're. You're also part of like the the form of finance, right? Um, and, yeah, UTSA as well. And and you're like you said, you do you do campus recreation stuff. So man, I'm sure a lot of that was affected by COVID, huh? Yeah, everything, actually. Everything within the university. They sent us home. They said, work from home if you can. I've been doing that. Uh, I've been doing some projects from home, just what I can. Yeah. Just supplementing instruction, really. Yeah, and and before we go into, like, because I, I really, man, I, I'll i make sure to uh, give you your links to your social media on, in the in the podcast description, but... Dude, your your creative outlet is awesome. But before we get into that, and I do want to talk about that later on, is uh, so yeah, you, so you're the managing director of the Forum of Finance, right? What's that about? Yeah, so the Forum of Finance is similar to the Investment Society, but the Forum of Finance specifically um, does supplemental instruction for the finance classes at UTSA. So we get real world application, but we don't get to apply it to a portfolio like the investment society. However, we do have the opportunity to get into one of the largest, um, I want to say secure or largest analyst uh, competitions in the United States. And I think it's called the NIBC. Is that right? Yes. It's the investment banking case competition. And so what we do is we train for that uh, through a lot of financial modeling preparation so we look at the three statements obviously we do a porter's five forces analysis we do an internal and external analysis and then we do all the quantitative analysis on top of that man that's awesome that's cool that yeah. you've been able to be part of those organizations an organizations at school 
Um, yeah, I'm really lucky. Yeah, that's sick. And then I, I saw that um, in the investment society, at least, that there's a lot of people that circulate through that organization that go to big, huge uh, investment banks and like other huge banks. So that's that's really. Yeah, definitely. We've had the the wonderful opportunity of our founder in 2008 to get us connected with those bulge bracket banks. That's neat. Very cool. And man, like I said, you you have a creative side of you. Um, you're a graphic designer for your campus recreation. What got you into creative stuff like graphic design and, and all that content creation? Um, I think starting my journey on photography and just like from a young age, understanding how to compose an image. And then it kind of evolved into a clothing brand that we did senior year. Me and one of my friends, Kalancha. Um, I think you knew him. Yeah, I think Chris. you guys played baseball together. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, yeah. So it turned into making the designs for that, for that brand, and then into doing some designs for myself. And I heard my roommate my first year there at UTSA told me that he had a friend that worked at Campus Recreation and all he did was take pictures. And I was like, wow, I want to do that. That sounds so cool. So I applied for the marketing assistant position and come to find out it was a lot of graphic design, just almost like purely graphic design. So coming from a photography background, I had to start, I had to start creating things. And it was a lot of fun just understanding what my style was, how to create something, how to use all the technology, all of the software. And it's just been a journey ever since, yeah. really. That's awesome, man. Your your Instagram is a very attractive Instagram, man. You have, like, an awesome feed. It's super dope with all the photography that you do as well. Um, but that's, Thanks, man. That's neat that Thank you really so much. Cool. Yeah, of course. And obviously you know I'm, I'm sure a lot of my friends tell me that whenever i post it on my stories which is awesome so keep it up man try to trying to get my feed like yours <laughs> you know you grew up here in el paso uh with me uh we we actually went to school um for most of our lives together so um yeah how like how do you think living in el paso really has affected you and, and has uh shaped who you are i mean it's, it's a are you, are you the first in your family to go to a university or no not the first i'm not a first generation both my parents went to graduate school nice so yeah i'm lucky to be able to say that but just growing up in el paso has been such a unique opportunity just because of all of the friends you know yeah and i hear some people say that life is measured by the amount of people that you change yeah. or not change but the amount of people that you impact sure. and i just the community here is just so supportive, so I just can't put it into words. That's how beautiful it is. We have a certain togetherness about our community. You know, um, August 3rd was two days away, or two days ago, and we had that um, that tragic incident happen in 2019. And it's just something else to see our community come together and rise up beyond any ethnic issues that we have, any race issues that we have, not only in the eyes of the media, but behind the closed doors. I know a lot of the conversations we have here at home 
are centered around like respecting people, just trying to get a feel for people, being empathetic, as empathetic as possible, making sure everybody in your vicinity is safe. And that's what I grew up in. Um, I haven't always stuck to that. Uh, Sometimes we go down the the beaten path, but eventually we all get back on the straight and narrow. And on the straight and narrow, life's just so beautiful, you know, especially here in El Paso. Yeah, that's that's a great way to put it. I mean, um, I think that, you know, when August 3rd happened, uh, and and the shooting at Walmart, right? Um, it was one of those moments where you kind of realized how uh, fine of a you know binding there is with everybody in the city, um, and like you know being a majority immigrant, majority uh, Latin American community, we are often. I mean, we we recognize at some point. I mean, I always hear people say oh when i go to el paso like the people are so nice and they're so friendly um but that's true i mean you you saw on that day and even a couple of days ago and throughout this past year and you've just seen the influx of just like love and appreciation for everybody and it's sad that you know something so awful uh brings that out but it's also a beautiful thing to see uh everybody come together um so i think that's a really awesome way for you to put it Um, and you know, I am a big person that goes into like my personal life philosophy and the things that empower me and the things that, uh, I learn from others and the way you said it, you know, I, I truly believe that the best thing that you can do as a human and our sole purpose is to help the people around us and make an impact on them. So I really appreciate you saying it that way. What? Are yeah. some of your personal, I guess, philosophies that you like to stick to in your day-to-day life? Well, um, I just want to preface this by saying that we're all human and we all make mistakes, and we could all be, we could all have an off day every once in a while. So, I think that one of the most important things to realize, just personally, is that nobody's perfect, and nobody's going to have the perfect day every day. My mom always tells me that life isn't always a roller coaster that's going up. You can't always ascend. Sometimes you have to descend and fall into whatever's waiting for you. I think that trying to mimic or achieve perfection is probably one of the most detrimental things that you could do to yourself outside of your craft or outside of your um, realm of professionality. I think just as a human being, we cannot be perfect. And to try to do that is destruction, I think, if that makes any sense. No, yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. Um, this false uh, conception of what uh, a perfect person or how to be perfect is is, is uh, unrealistic. And, and oftentimes it leads to uh, things like greed um, and, and selfishness that, you know, uh, kind of cut us off from helping others. Um, so, no, I, I agree. Uh, having that false conception is not... Uh, it's not cool. It's not. It's not going to lead you to uh, a fantastic life. Um, but what is the definition of a fantastic life anyway? Um, but no, yeah. I, I agree with that 100. Uh, percent Do you feel like you know, on your day to day, like where did you learn that from? Where did that stem from? Because I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like you you uh, you have to have thought about this a lot. 
Yeah, um, I've been thinking about it my whole life, really. Um, some ways more significant than others, but just coming from, well, I was raised by a single mom, and she always taught me to be as loving as possible. And so one of the key components in loving somebody is accepting them for their flaws. And that was very apparent to me from a young age that everybody has flaws, but I just didn't understand how to how to completely love somebody because I was greedy. Like you said, sometimes this um, notion of perfection gets or clouds our vision on who we want to become and just knowing that we have flaws but not acknowledging them all the time kind of hurt me at a very young age, especially in my teen years. But ever since college, ever since I've just understood the concept of love and imperfection, I've been able to understand what empathy really means, what hugging somebody really means, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, altruism is something that we, you know, I feel like as you're growing up, you're always told to be a, a nice person and an accepting person. Um, but oftentimes that gets lost in translation with uh, becoming successful. And, uh, you know, sometimes people like like we just talked about are, are greedy in a way that will that, hey, if I am someone who's sort of selfish and always thinks about myself, then maybe I can. Uh, become successful because I'm constantly focused on me. Uh, but I think mm -hmm. what you're saying is that the true altruism that comes with uh, knowing someone, accepting someone for their flaws, and uh, you know, finding a way to resonate with that person in any way um, is awesome. I mean, like, it really, that, that is a beautiful sentiment. Uh, I think that, you know, in social media, this weird... Uh, and and we both use social media a lot, but we, I, I think we can both agree that there's sometimes this weird standard of, you know, uh, people being competitive towards each other on social media, always wanting to uh, depict a perfect lifestyle and like the the most happy and, and, and cheerful things. Uh, and then there's others who, who aren't so personal about it. Um, I feel like uh, me and you are, are less, uh, I guess, about like, showing our personal lives and more showing about like the things that we want to create or like the things that we like to enjoy. Um, but I do think that social media has become or can become something that's toxic to your own personality. What do you think about that? Yeah, I completely agree. And you're right. We, we usually tend to stay away from the more personal stuff on social media. Uh, I speaking for myself, I don't love to post what I do every day and what, you know what I mean? It's just, it all seems like too much at times, yeah. but the toxicity that comes from it is very apparent, especially within um, what's called promoter culture or what's the word? Um, influencer culture. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. The influencers have not destroyed social media, but just changed the mechanic of, what I think was its original purpose, you know, just yeah. to share a little, little bit of our lives. Um, now we're all trying to make money off of it. Now we're all trying to, it seems to me that there's a lot of people that are being tainted by trying to please everybody through social media. Yeah, no, that's very true. Uh, wanting to uh, appear to everyone that, you know, you're having a good life and then trying to 
conform to like society standards and like man uh you know something that is i I don't have you on twitter i don't even know if you have twitter but uh something that's like super apparent especially on twitter uh is like cancel culture as well yeah that's uh, yeah cancel culture man that that can be toxic sometimes man like it's it's crazy super toxic man it's just let me start by saying that some people deserve to be ridiculed but not to that extent i feel like just how immediate we can respond to things how immediately we can respond to things has definitely created and fostered in this cancel culture because if we see something on the timeline we could just as easy erase it and erase the places that these people work and erase the places that these people go to school or that these people manage and it's just like who should have that power you know what i mean it seems godly almost yeah it's scary it's scary and like i don't know i mean like like you're saying like you know there's there's definitely moments uh where people should they should you know they should right rightfully so know that they're doing something wrong uh, and yeah. and I think that's obvious to everyone, but you know, the actions that sometimes is surrounding cancel culture, where they'll go as far as to like expose all this information, get them fired from their jobs. Uh, it's it could be for something that is sometimes so distant and or so long ago, which is like interesting. Like I feel like. Obviously, like we as humans, we we're kind of like the monkey see, monkey do, like naturally. Just that will always be a thing, if it, social media or not. Um, but you know, like not to say that these people don't deserve it uh, sometimes. Uh, but man, like like it could be a celebrity that, uh, and, and this is where it gets dangerous. I think there's a fine line between people who make mistakes uh, blatantly or, or are like racist or anything like that, and then there's uh, there's like these celebrities who will say something that uh, is sort of out of context. Uh, so sort of out, out of context sounds incorrect or polit- not PC, right? And and mm-hmm. people will go back like years, find it, and then like grill them like crazy, which I mean, ah, that, that's so hard for me to, to, to conceptualize in my brain because like, you know, like, it, uh, you know, I don't doubt people can change. You know, obviously everyone can change. We're constantly evolving species. Uh, whether that's uh, in our primal instincts all the way up to now, or whether that's uh, just the day day by day personalities that we have, um, but like, I don't know, man. It sometimes it doesn't stick with me right that cancel culture is okay. Uh, like it's just not. It's, it's it can be ugly. It can be toxic. Yeah, definitely. Especially bringing up things from the past. Uh, going back to what I said earlier about imperfections and having a bad day. Everybody has them, you know, and sometimes. You just put the wrong thing and tweet it out, and it could torture your future. Yeah. And that's one thing that I've always taken advice from is um, if we want to succeed or if we want to be okay, then we need to do something now that our future selves are going to thank us for. Yeah. And so that's how that's what I do. That's how I judge my actions based on if I would thank myself in the future or if I would ridicule myself in the future. So, especially for celebrities, if you're going to pull a tweet from 2011 when these celebrities might not have been celebrities, you can't hold them, you can't hold it against them, you know, in my perspective. Oh, yeah. And like you said, people change. 
times change and people can change and i really do believe that you know that should yeah. those two things should be one within the same yeah it, it's uh like i said we're we're a constantly evolving species uh, and that'll forever be a thing uh and and times change and uh you know right, there is like the question of like should people you know, like, when people say that they're changing because times have changed, like, does that genuinely mean that they believe it, or do they mean it to conform to society? Oh, that's a whole other conversation that we can have, though, I think. Um, yeah. I, I, I want to ask, uh, do you, I mean, obviously, you're a busy guy, uh, you know, you know, obviously, in COVID, you know, it's kind of rough for everybody right now, but I know during school, you're just constantly involved in organizations and stuff like that. Uh, what's your take on productivity? Oh man, productivity is one of the most important things in all of society and all of time. If people weren't productive, then we wouldn't be where we are today. Um, I've once achieved a hundred percent productivity on a Monday, and that was just constantly doing something that meant something to my future. If that makes sense. Yeah. So. Um, just doing assignments, going to meetings, uh, going to class, going to more meetings. It was a 100% productive day. I think that sometimes you have to have those, but then sometimes you also have to have a day to yourself to work on self-care or your mental health or uh, what have you, whatever is your cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, but I think productivity is super key in maintaining and sustaining a healthy life definitely that's awesome and and i agree i mean when when you're saying like you do need to take time to be with yourself um you know i like to talk a lot about uh like the the philosophical ideology stoicism and like the different things that go behind being a productive human being and living an efficient life um and uh, i feel like a, a misconception that people have whenever they um whenever they think of like being super productive is uh, always having to grind out uh, being or doing something that's like a part of work or school something that's going to improve. And, and, you know, like I, I totally agree with that. I mean, that's what I'm doing right now. Like I wanted to make a creative outlet that would also help with like meeting people and networking and such. And, and that's great. But um, like, I, I think that the fact that I'm uh, or like, you know, me, I could stay up all night doing like, studying if i needed to or i could uh be grinding out you know data science problems hour by hour and i think that's great right but i think that overworking could be one of the worst things that you can do being in being an enemy to yourself so i think it's a great point that you make uh that you say that taking the time to be aware of your mental health and doing the things that you enjoy being able to have that balance is like the best thing that you can do for yourself um, and you know, like discipline comes into a lot of that too, and it goes both ways. You can be someone who needs to discipline themselves on uh, perhaps not overworking, and you can also definitely much be someone who needs to discipline themselves on working a little harder. Um, so, what are some of the, I don't know, personal philosophies slash habits that you've implemented in your life day to day that you think have helped you with your productivity and just keeping that uh, work life balance as well? Um, I just want to say that I'm also a fan of Stoicism, and I think that the teachings of the old Stoics, like Marcus Aurelius, um, really resonate with me today. Yeah. And I think that efficiency, just like you were saying, um, 
I just want to compliment your your notion that um, efficiency is super key. I think an early start to a day is probably the best thing that you could do for productivity. Um, the earlier you start, the earlier you finish whatever it is that you need to finish. And the sooner you can enjoy other things outside of uh, what you need to be productive upon. Um, I really believe in uh, like a, a pick. I don't know what the word is. The quicker picker upper, Swiffer. I really believe in yeah. something that's going to get you going during the day. Yeah, yeah. So coffee, uh, tea, whatever, whatever you prefer. Um, it could be a glass of water, cold glass of water, just something to to boost your your brain to wake it up and say, okay, the time is now. It's time to start. Yeah. Um, I usually drink matcha in the morning. I have a teaspoon and a half of matcha powder in some 80 degree water <laughs> just to get super specific. <laughs> but uh, I find that that's always a great day, a great way to start my day. Uh, yeah. Just coffee, matcha, whatever. Um, another good thing to do or that I like to do is uh, write down my six goals for the day or of importance. So goal number one, two, and three, I'll definitely have finished. Uh, goal number four through six, I'll leave it up to how much time I have for the rest of the day nice. once I finish the first three. Um, I like listening to podcasts in the morning, especially during school. Um, I listen to Wall Street Breakfast. I also listen to The Economist, and those are daily. Yeah. Uh, you could find those on any um, streaming service Um good breakfast <laughs> basically yeah. everything that mom tells you to do yeah for sure <laughs> that's a yeah. good way to put it no uh absolutely that's awesome i like the whole goal system that's that's really neat uh have you ever heard of like minimalism or anything like that yeah absolutely like minimalistic journaling or minimalistic lifestyle yeah, yeah definitely yeah i feel like that's something that has definitely helped me uh when it comes to you know digital minimalism or physical minimalism like it, it's just like being a, a minimalist in some way uh, leaves less clutter in your life, uh, which makes it easier for to prioritize the correct things, which I think is awesome. Uh, I think it could be a bad thing if you overdo it. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I really like that goal system. Um, I Have you ever tried implementing minimalism? Is that something that you've implemented in your life or is that something that you want to? Yeah, I've tried my best. Um, it's hard to conform to new habits and to form new habits. Yeah. Um, I try to... Well, like you said, digital minimalism. I think that's super important. Um, I'm not on social media all day, and I try to tend to stay away from it. But if I see something cool, or if I see something that I think needs to be shared, I'll definitely throw it up on my story with the same background. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, yeah. but it's that same cream-colored background. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's one way of, I guess, displaying digital minimalism. Just staying away from it altogether is probably the best. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely difficult. Um, within my wardrobe, I wear a lot of just plain colors, so it's not hard to to choose, and so it doesn't eat up so much time. Um, yeah, I just I just wear, like, white and gray and cream colors. That's it. That's it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, spending, I don't like to eat out a lot. When I do, it's uh, it's for an occasion. So I like to keep my meals nice and um, well-balanced, really. 
Yeah. Uh, just rice, a protein, and maybe some, or definitely some vegetables. Uh, do you, what else? Do you uh, exercise at all? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, during the whole pandemic, it's just been easy to exercise and meditate in my space um, whenever I'd like. And I find myself doing a lot of that, just a lot of body weight, because I don't want to go to the gym. Yeah. Um, a lot of meditation, a lot of yoga. Yoga's been great lately during the pandemic. I don't know why people don't do more yoga. Yeah. And why some men are even afraid to do yoga. It's just, it's amazing, you know? Yeah. Try it out. It's like, a, it's it's interesting because like uh, yoga is, is awesome. And, and this is something that I've recently discovered, right? Uh, it's like n- not something that I've always had an interest in. But yeah, since since COVID, I, I try to wake up. I work, uh, so I'm doing like a, a data science internship with a, a cybersecurity like contractor out of DC right now. So I'm working Eastern Standard Time, even though I'm here in El Paso. Uh, so I, I try my best to wake up um, and like, do yoga in the morning when I can. It's it's harder than it seems because waking up at six isn't fun all the time, um, or like five thirty really because I start work at six fifteen. So, um, but no, I, I think it's underrated for sure, man. Um, do you feel like exercise is like a big part of routine that makes you uh, like uh, uh, I don't know? Does it improve your mood? Do you feel like you're more efficient at work or at school when you're able to get an exercise in throughout the day? Yeah, absolutely. I think that getting an exercise when you can. And maybe when you can take a shower after is probably super key. I like to exercise at the end of my day, at the very end, so that I could just walk home from the gym. Or well, I'm on campus, right? So I could just walk back to my to my room. And I like to keep um, voice logs after, nice. just to just to like um, journal, really, I guess, without having to write anything. Yeah. So just to wrap up a thought that I might have been having while I'm in the gym or if I had a rough day, I could just really release after I've exercised. And I think it's a lot easier too. Yeah. That's a big thing for me. Uh, I think that uh, in a world of like constant, uh, I mean, you know, journaling is something that I try to implement in my life in writing format. Uh, But you know, voice memos go in when like you don't have time to journal or you just have a quick thought. Like, I think that's one of the best things that, that people uh, I haven't seen enough of people talk about it is like instead of needing to journal all the time in like a book uh, doing voice memos is like just as good um, because like I feel like uh, it's easy for you to just like speak uh, your words into existence of what you're thinking um, so no that, that's an that's an awesome implementation of how you do that so yeah yeah Leonardo da Vinci right was uh, considered a renaissance man because he uh, was someone who was a sculptor and a painter and architect and a poet. Uh, I think that you know you yourself show a lot of attributes of being able to be someone who uh, is able to you know do finance and, and academia, but as well um, look into uh, things like your creative outputs and you know graphic design and photography. How important do you think it is for someone to go through different avenues in order to uh, just build up themselves as a person? Well, I want to start by saying thanks, man. I really appreciate that uh, you see me in such a, a bright light. I don't know if I hold a flame to Leonardo, though. He's one of the greatest men to ever live, I think. Yeah. One of the greatest inventors, one of the greatest artists, one of the greatest minds. Um, I think that 
going down different avenues is definitely key to being well-rounded and well-versed in a lot of things. I think it's important to be well-versed in a lot of things just so that you could talk to different types of people. I think you can connect a lot better to somebody that you might not know, especially in networking events. If you can talk about something outside of your profession or outside of your career that they might like or that somebody in the group might like. It's just important to see life through different lenses, I think. And as a photographer, I think that it's the easiest way to put it. Just have different lenses for different different events that you're going to or different places that you'll be. Can't look at life through one dimension, really, because there's just so much more and everything's intertwined and it's all free and moving. And it's definitely beneficial to get into art, get into sports, get into your profession and get into something else, whether it's a different culture completely, like uh, the Japanese culture. Me, personally, uh, I watch a lot of anime, so that's something that I absolutely love. Or learn a different language, or just do something outside of your immediate vicinity. Learn. I think learning is key to being the best person that you could be. And learning about a bunch of different things is just going to make you even better. So what are the what are the next steps for you? What are some goals that you have in mind coming up? I mean, you don't have to get too specific. Um, where do you see yourself in a couple of years from now? What what are some priorities that that you have? Oh, uh, one of my main priorities right now is just to finish college. Um, I think that with the degree that I have and the degree that I'm pursuing, I'll able to put my foot in the door of a lot of uh, great businesses. Um, And once I'm in those businesses, hopefully I'll be able to make waves within them. Um, I really want to implement a financial literacy um, seminar or some sort of something to boost our media community here in El Paso. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's super important for people to understand just the basics, really, of being financially independent. And you don't, uh, by no means do I mean having millions of dollars in savings or um, downloading an app on your phone to help you invest. Those are great methods. If you have that money, that's amazing. I just mean like helping people to understand what an adjustable rate mortgage is or helping people to understand how a credit score can affect your life forever. And maybe I'll be able to make a outlet one day to help our community but for now i'm chewing on that in the back of my head for sure for sure well that's that's awesome to hear that's that's fantastic what perspectives have influenced you uh to become the person you are today and how can other people apply those you know influences into their own lives and finally uh i guess two questions uh how do you want to impact the world around you right now? Well, I want to start by saying that your perspective has definitely um, ignited something in my in my mind and in my heart. Um, the perspectives of everybody around me, of those who I've went to school with, of those who have taught me, of those who have raised me, those who have contributed to my life. 
directly. I think that one of the best things that you could do is to take the advice of the people who want to give it to you because those are the people who want to make you better one way or another. Um, no matter the delivery, no matter the, um, I guess, undertone of it, if somebody is giving you advice, that means that you should consider their perspective. You should understand where they're coming from and then maybe implement what they were saying or decide to just put it to the side. And maybe it might not matter, but one day I promise you'll hear a piece of advice that will absolutely matter and it'll change your life probably. Um, how would you implement those perspectives is just up to the individual. Myself, I like to read a lot. I like to listen to my friends like you, Eric. I really appreciate that you're asking me these things so that I could just solidify it in my own heart. You know, yeah. I think that's super important. And thank you so much for that. Hey, <sighs> I guess my one true philosophy is just to love everybody, you know, and that's super cliche, but just treat your neighbor with respect. And I think that if we could do that, if we could look into somebody's eyes and say, I respect you, I respect your existence, I respect your being, I respect your presence, I appreciate it. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with somebody. It just means that you're there. You have admitted to being there together. You have admitted to them existing, to your you existing, to the world around you existing. Um, we're made up of 8 billion individuals, about. If we could all just respect each other, I think that that would solve a lot of the issues that we have today. And that's my philosophy my two cents fantastically well put fernando i want to give this opportunity for you to plug any of your social media or anything that you are in endeavoring right now um go ahead and do that uh thank you so much um so you could follow me on instagram at fm.rdgz uh i put a lot of my content on there i try to interact as much as possible with my followers and the people that i'm following um I think that's the best way to engage me. Other than that, uh, hit me up. If you ever need anything, shoot me a DM if you ever want to have a chat. And I'm always open. Awesome. Well, thanks for having you on the show, man. Uh, hopefully we can have you on again in the future. And uh, look forward to, to talking soon. Thanks so much, Eric. From the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate you giving this outlet. Yeah. Thank you so much. Of course.